If you're an executive, entrepreneur, seasoned investor, or just a student of the game, you'll love The Great Fail, Adweek's Entrepreneurship Podcast of the Year, a show that artfully uncovers some of the biggest fails in business history and how it might have been prevented. The Great Fail is entertaining, informative, and told through a true crime narrative in under 30 minutes that keeps you at the edge of your seats. So check out The Great Fail wherever you get your podcast. Hi there, listeners. I'm Lindsay Boyd, Director of Traffic and Compliance at AdResults Media, and you're listening to On The Mic, an AdResults Media podcast. We started On The Mic to give you a behind-the-scenes look at the inner workings of this ever-changing industry. In the 20-plus years we've been in business, AdResults Media has become one of the largest performance audio advertising agencies in the U.S. We've been fortunate enough to work with some amazing clients, including numerous Fortune 500 companies, tech startups, and direct-to-consumer brands. Now, It's time for us to share what we've learned in the years we've spent helping our clients succeed in advertising across channels like podcasts, radio, streaming audio, and YouTube. And what better way to do that than with an audio program of our own? During our next four segments, we will be meeting with senior copywriter Nathan Spell as we dive into Copywriting 101. So without further ado, let's get started. That's the great thing about Stamps.com. They grow with you. As much fun as I had, I couldn't wait to get back to my sleep number bed. Yep. I love my third love bras. They're hands down the most comfortable bras I've ever owned. I love making Blue Apron. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's my me time. Nathan, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to uh, kick off this series with you. Um, first of all, I want to dive right into our first topic of the series, which is research or asking all the questions. Yeah. Asking all the questions. That's, <laughs> that's, that's research basically. Yeah. It's really exciting. Uh, so I, I'm really glad to be here. Awesome. So, um, why don't we start off with a bit of a kickoff question? So what exactly is the point of researching? Uh, why wouldn't you just let the ideas flow? Anytime you're writing uh, in general, but I think it's, especially important for when you're writing an ad. You want to write what you know, which is to say you don't want to go to the blank page with a guess. And, um, you know, obviously in a creative writing, you know, sense, there's like writer's block. In in terms of advertising, there's this idea that, you know, you need to actually have a lot of input on the front end of the process mm-hmm. for the output to be valuable. So researching is really about finding what is the big you know, business problem that we're trying to solve and how can we marry that to the consumer problem? We use words like consumer. That's just to say the person on the other end of the ad is a real person there. They're <laughs> right, not just this abstract consumer. But, you know, like the research stage is really about understanding all the information that we can get uh, on not just the brand, but the the person that we're talking to. And as much as we can, we want to go, you know, where that person really is. So if we can do, you know, ideally, if we can be proactive with surveys, that's one route. But, uh, you know, sometimes you have to do, um, you know, more passive sources of research. But ultimately, the goal is always just to understand as much as you can before you start writing. Okay. Okay. I get it. So if I was going to start a campaign, um, where should I be focusing during that research stage? The way I think about this is ultimately there's two there's there's a there's a typical problem I think where where research goes wrong which is 
it's not focused on the consumer, if you will, the person that you're writing to as much, the audience. And it might be more focused on the brand. And so, you know, ideally the research that you do is always focused on the audience. Obviously you need to make decisions that are brand centric. So, um, you know, we talk about voice and tone, we might do competitive analysis, but ultimately the, the motivation behind that research is to understand the person. So, you know, even voice and tone, which is I think typically like a branding idea, right? You're really thinking, how does the person want to be approached? Not so much how do we want to approach them, but do they even like the way that we speak? <laughs> do they like the tone that we take with them? And, and so if you think about competitive analysis as well, it's like, how do they interact with our competitors? Not how do we want them to interact? How do we want them to view the other you know, brands in this space? But you know, what's really there? Right. Um, I feel like, um, especially with, with what we do with podcasting, um, you know, we, we really hit that note by kind of targeting how the hosts right. approach their their listeners. Like they totally. know what they yeah. they know what they want to hear. So they can take your ideas as a copywriter and um, you know, kind of marry that brand, I guess, with their own personal spin. Right. Um, so I think that that's a, a really unique and, and we found it to be like a really effective way of. Yeah. Well, and no one no one knows the audience better. Right. I think than the the host of a show like they, they're the ones that really understand their audience. So it's always, you know, going to be up to them to take that even further to connect mm-hmm. it. That that last kind of, if you will, that like two percent of of connection. But like on the copywriting side, we want to do as much as we can to to think not just about the audience of like a show, but the right person for this product or brand. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's always going to be a an ideal person you're trying to connect with. So not everyone, you know, wants your widget, but the person that does, I mean, widget might be the wrong, but I'm using a stand in here. So like, you know, whatever your product or brand is, you're trying to connect to very specific subset of people. So we always want to find the right message to connect to that subset. Even whenever you're using like a, you know, a tool like a, a persona or an avatar, which is like this idea of like kind of coming up with a, a snapshot of an ideal customer. Like <laughs> that, that is always, it should always be motivated by really trying to understand a, an actual person, if right. that makes sense. So, so the focus is understanding the customer first. What do you do with all the information after that? Ultimately, the information is important, but it's not enough. You can't just research your way into solving the problem. Or I should say you can't just gather information and solve the problem that way. But researching has another step, which is actually analyzing the information. You want to find some sort of a core truth. If you're in on the lingo, you might call it an ad concept. But the point is that, you know, what is something that is true that resonates about the brand, about the product? So an example I like to I like to think about is... um the dairy campaign that everyone knows, Got Milk, the campaign that single-handedly demonstrated how many people are lactose intolerant, I think. <laughs> you know, most people had no idea until they started buying more milk. <laughs> yeah, I definitely uh, <laughs> I, I definitely remember plenty of magazines with right. the, uh, the yeah. milk mustaches. But if you think, so the core truth of that campaign that research uncovered was that people don't think about milk until they're out of it. Okay, yeah. Which is not a 
it's not actually necessarily a good thing if you're the the dairy industry. <laughs> you would rather, you know, people think about milk all the time. But <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's that's actually how I think clients, I say clients, but like really any brand, any any company, ideally our customers are always thinking about us. But the reality is that they're not. So the the core truth is like, what would they be thinking? So with the milk industry, the dairy industry, I should say, the core truth is the only way that you get to a campaign like Got Milk. And it resonates because people, you know, whether you're making a bowl of cereal or you're trying to bake a cake or whatever, that feeling of, oh, we're out of milk. <laughs> I forgot to get milk. That feeling is really resonant. Like everyone's had that experience. And that's, I think, why that kind of a, you know, obviously it's a, it's a pretty high level concept and it was really versatile though. So I think that's what's really interesting. Yeah, um, for sure, about, for sure. Like, the idea of a core truth. Okay, yeah. So like thinking like you're at a restaurant and like, oh, instead of Sprite, maybe I should get my milk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's like it's there. Like it's in yeah. your, you know, it's in your head. You're going to think about totally think about that. Um. So so overall, essentially, the the concept is the big idea. Right. So the big idea is is something that comes from the raw material. It comes from the research and the understanding. Uh, it's not guesswork. You know, I think um, there's this idea of like the creative work that's just like, you know, they're just making ideas happen. There's like this kind of freewheeling idea. But the reality is that there's a lot of, I mean, obviously we're talking about research. So it takes time and space like to take all the information and and really mine it, analyze it. Because the goal ultimately is to find a new way of using data that everyone everyone has access. The reality is the facts are out there mm-hmm. for everyone. Um, so the question is not what what are the facts so much as like what are you going to do with all those facts? So the research stage is really actually creative. Like it's very integral because what you're doing is taking all the data, you're deconstructing it, and then you're reconstructing it into something that admittedly is like much smaller than all that research. It's It's a more targeted thing, but it's that deconstruction and reconstruction that makes research like a really important part of the creative process. I I like the idea of that. I'm pretty sure in school I would have never considered research to be <laughs> no. creative in any way. Right. Um, no, so I, it's I love that. It's everyone's favorite word, right? Research. <laughs> but you put the creative spin on it and suddenly yeah. it becomes fun. Um, so how does the big idea exactly play out in in an ad? I think the best way to think about this is in terms of story. I think, admittedly, like the story uh, thing has been played up a lot and, and maybe in a bad way. Like, I think some brands think about using storytelling and they're really thinking about telling the story of themselves. And that's actually the opposite of what I'm talking about. We use a storytelling framework in the sense that as much as we can, we want to cast the customer, which again, that's a real person. We want to cast that real person on the other end of an ad as the main character in the story. You know, this is this goes back pretty far, like Aristotle. So the idea of like intention and obstacle, the idea of like a character who has this big goal and objective, the whole thing that moves a story forward is that there's an obstacle to that goal. So if you remember seventh grade English class. <laughs> I, the, I do. <laughs> yeah. It's the idea that like there's all these conflicts that come up that get in the way 
ultimately what we're trying to do with all this research is connecting the data to the reality. So there's a real person. What intentions do they have? What obstacles are getting in their way? And I know that sounds kind of heady, but if you think about almost any successful, every successful campaign, I should say, just do it. Everyone knows just do it. What's going on there? Well, Nike says, okay, there's a person on the other end. They're not just buying shoes. They want to be the next superstar athlete. But there is this internal conflict. There's this obstacle that's preventing them. This voice, or maybe the lack of a voice. And so Nike comes in to be that voice that says, just do it. And it's really powerful because it resonates with this intention and obstacle thing. So ultimately, the point is that the brand is not the main character. The brand is like, if anything, like an auxiliary character, a supporting role. And the brand, but it's an important supporting role. It's, it's like the brand is maybe the mentor or the guide or the person who comes in to pave the, the way. Yeah, it, absolutely. The Gandalf or the or maybe not the Gandalf. But like the point is that in every major story, there's a main character, but there's all these other supporting characters that are important. And I think as much as like your adver- advertising and your marketing and your messaging in general, cast yourself as the main character as a brand, it fails. And as much as it casts the other person as the the main character, the focus, it's successful. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a lot more that goes into it. But the point is that people don't want to hear about how great you are. They want to hear about how great they are because they already <laughs> believe that. They already, whether they think they're great, they actually, they're, they're the focus of their life. That's just how it is. Every sentence, every word choice should be directed at making them the focus and not making the brand the focus. The brand comes in to, you know, enable them to provide them with some sort of uh, way through that obstacle that they're facing. So, you know, no one just wants to buy a widget. (laughs) They have, you know, like, even if you think about like an iPhone, you have a ton of reasons why you choose an iPhone over whatever other phone, or, you know, we don't have to use a specific phone as an example, but whatever purchasing choice you make, it's not just because you want to spend your money. (laughs) <laughs> you know? There's always a reason behind yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I really love the imagery about brands being the the supportive characters and, and kind of these guiding characters in in a customer's life. But right. it, in the end, how do you kind of take that big picture story view and map it to a more specific ad message? So the big picture story view is essentially the customer journey or the buyer's journey. And what I mean by that is every interaction that you have with a brand starts at square one with awareness. And the role of advertising is to, A, raise that awareness, but also to connect to the next stage in the journey, which is interest. Ultimately, the goal, the destination, if you will, might be way down the line for the customer to make a purchasing decision to become a, you know, a loyal brand advocate, if you will. But it has to start with that awareness, that interest, and the consideration of your product as an option before they make that decision. That gap, the bridging of that gap, is the role that advertising plays. And that's where the story comes into making the the customer your main character. Right. And to go back to the idea that the brand should be a supporting role. 
going back to maybe uh, the Gandalf example, the reason that that character is so is so lo- lovable or we we love characters like that is because they bridge all these gaps in the story that they take us along with the main characters. So the role of, you know, a brand in a customer's life um, and especially the role that the messaging plays is really to, to take them from, you know, I started out with this problem, this obstacle in the path, and this brand came along and helped me get through that. And that is essentially the gap that we're trying to, to bridge. So I, I think that makes sense. Um, I hope that makes sense. But that's that's essentially that's the idea of using the the brand, um, the this idea of the big story view of the brand. You take it to get it down to something really practical. You have to think of what stage are they at in the buyer's journey, and how do we connect to them there. So in in the customer journey, what we're looking at basically are five steps: awareness, interest, consideration, decision, and hopefully a result for. Yeah. In favor yeah. Of, of the brand. That's like, that's definitely one. I should emphasize that this is one way of thinking of the buyer's journey. Like the point is that however you, you know, frame the buyer's journey, thinking of the person on the other end in this way is, is key to focusing your messaging on a real person. Otherwise you're broadcasting to anyone and everyone. And that kind of messaging, that really unfocused messaging is just not as effective. And that's tying all of this back essentially to that creative research aspect, exactly. making sure that you're not just kind of throwing things out to the wind, but instead you are making legitimate connections yeah. with your audience. Totally. And that's why whenever I was saying that the researching stage is highly creative, it's because this reconstruction, if you will, of the data into a narrative arc that we're interacting with people in a stage in a process that reconstruction is the role of research that is essentially the the essence of any creative process actually but especially a creative process that is you know meant to target um, you know individual people the way advertising is i think that this has all been really interesting it's um is a lot of information that that I haven't looked at through this lens before, and I I really appreciate you taking the time to kind of walk me through it. I I feel like I'm leaving this session like a little more enlightened before you know, kind of, um, you know, maybe listening to to ads that I hear in a with a little bit of a different view. I will say, being being on this side of the process now, it's really eye opening for me as well. I think I listened to. I mean, I've, I've listened to a lot of ads. Uh, I listen, you know, I've listened to podcasts for a while and it's, it's super interesting to think of it from the brand side and not, not from the consumer side alone. Um, so I'm glad that this was helpful. Well, thank you, Nathan, for taking the time to speak with me today. It's been incredibly interesting and, and eye-opening. Thank you, Lindsay. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes and leave us a comment with your feedback, questions, or ideas for future segments. Please be sure to join us next time when we discuss voice, tone, and content, and the important distinctions between the three. If you would like more info on Ad Results Media and what we do, please visit our website at adresultsmedia.com. This podcast was written by Lindsay Boyd and Nathan Spell, with sound mixing and editing by Freddie Trejo. This podcast is an Ad Results Media production.
Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.